What's up, everybody? It's Jason with Founders BR. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode, we sit down with Devin Lemoyne. She is the president and owner of Success Labs, a strategic organizational and leadership development firm that designs and delivers training, coaching, tools, and technology to help companies grow leaders, build teams, and drive results through great people strategy. I had a great pleasure sitting down and learning more about Devin and her organization, where her company has been, where it currently is, and where it's going. If you are a leader within any organization at any level and are looking to drive great results through your team, then today is going to be a great episode for you. Give us a listen. Let us know what you think and hope you enjoy. So without further ado, check it out. So very excited. We got uh, Devin here. This is Jason with Founders BR and uh, very excited to have her. I uh, have a lot of respect. We kind of had a chance to speak before this to get a little bit of background. But Devin, thank you so much for, for coming on. Oh, I'm really glad to be here, Jason. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So I will, uh, we, just before we got started, you were kind of breaking down <laughs> already. And I was like, I should have clicked record, but I didn't. But um Give me, I guess we were talking about about how the startup of the organization. So I know right now, president of, of, of and CEO of Success Labs. Yeah. You know, a lot of our audience are starting off entrepreneurs, and you were telling me a little bit about how that came about. Maybe tell us a little bit about the history of Success Labs, how it came to came to be. Yeah, so just kind of an interesting journey, I guess, to owning and, and running Success Labs. Some people, a lot of people probably know this, some people don't, but I have triplets. Um, they're grown, they're 28, but when they were about four, I connected with this really interesting guy named Bill Phillips who had a little shop called Career Assessment Services. And I started helping him uh, in his work with people who were actually exiting organizations. So this is early to mid early 90s to mid 90s and there were quite a few things going on in Baton Rouge like the Exxon Mobil well that was actually came later Bank One Premier Bank acquisition the United Companies closing the Exxon Mobil merger and we stayed busy working with executives and professionals who were actually exiting organizations and our job was to help them kind of manage themselves out of those organizations and on to their next job sure. and, and role. Yeah. And that meant that we're really strategizing the people around their career, right? From not working back to work. Right. So we met a lot of tons of just really interesting people. But really quickly, you know, you gotta imagine this is going way back. At this point, people do not have these little things called iPhones. <laughs> people do not have home computers. And part of what we did was not only provide advice and strategy, whether it was resumes, interviewing, job search strategy, but also providing basics like a place to come use a computer and print out your print out your resume right. and use the long distance. Yeah. So really interesting. So imagine Incredible. this, right? This is a little over 20, 20 years ago. So we quickly realized that the dynamic between employees and employers is changing and you know, the environment is changing. And so we really start to shift the business and we start to think about what this is going to look like. And we realized that that relationship is changing and people were learning to manage, you know, sort of their job searches on their own, but that we were entering a time when employees were going to want different things and coming through some of the that world where it's not employed for long periods of time that companies were really going to have to start investing in their people 
things like leadership development, succession planning were going to become important. And we'd always done a little bit of team building, a little bit of fix this person, but we really turned the business around kind of upside down. We renamed and rebranded Success Labs mm-hmm. and really started, uh, you know, built some of the first really unique leadership development experiences probably, you know, very interactive, very intimate, bring actors in to teach coaching skills, field trips and partnership projects. And really kind of, you know, did that early on before leadership development was even sexy, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was kind of really the beginning of being super entrepreneurial and kind of going a different direction. We did such a good job of that that we would get calls people with people that Every once in a while, the judge, you have to still do outplacement or transition work. <laughs> What's really interesting is in the last two weeks, I've engaged with three different organizations uh, around helping some people that they laid off and downsized mm-hmm. yeah. with some job search help. Right. Uh, so interestingly enough, sometimes you always go back to your to your roots in some ways. Right. So success labs, and then um, on another entrepreneurial kind of space, we with my. I bought out my, my business partner, Bill Phillips, over time, uh, but I guess I've owned 100% of it probably the last, since 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we are in partnership together with some, uh, some software, some uh, resilient leadership, 360-degree uh, feedback and development planning software that we use with companies. We use with our clients, but we also have some companies that buy that for in-house use and mm-hmm. not really pushed it out there, mm-hmm. but we are kind of starting to realize, okay, there's a potential market for this and potentially, um, well, actually, we're going to probably in the summer be pushing that out more and, and giving people that option to use that, that software. It's interesting, you know, the evolution, there's a few things that you say in there. First, talking about transition from jobs, and it's funny, I have, I have two young girls, and we were talking about this earlier, and how looking back on what they have access to, the amount of infrastructure capital, I mean, knowledge, technology, what they are able to accomplish has become so ubiquitous that like the idea of how we did things prior to that is incredible. No internet, no way to connect online with anybody to figure out what the opportunities are and the importance of that. And then today, how far we've come and how that still has its own challenges that have evolved out of it. It's interesting how all that comes together. I'm curious, on, on the leadership side and recognizing companies that have to put the value in leadership development, talking about it wasn't really, you know, we were doing it before it became sexy. <laughs> I love that. Louisiana obviously has come a long way. I'm curious your perspective on how much further do we have to go in that arena versus other states and where does Louisiana fall? And is it something that, is it something that's even comparable? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look I don't know that that's necessarily a Louisiana thing. I think that leadership development is something that really it's gotten so much more, there's so much more awareness and there's so much more energy and I think commitment to it. And part of that is, I mean, there are a lot of things that changed, right? So one thing is that's driven that is that employees no longer or looking to plug in and stay someplace. So mm-hmm. a, a long period of time, 
It's like, I'll be here as long as it works for me, as long as it adds value, and as long and that's as kind of, I guess that's the, what I need. Framing the question, that's, a, that's kind of how I mean. Yeah, it's interesting that that change. Yeah. So that's one thing, right? Is yeah. that if you, if you want to keep good people, then they've got to understand your investment in them and with, and with, with their contribution, the value they added. There's also tons more access to information, as you just pointed out. Mm-hmm. Well, what that means is that 20 years ago, if, if I was unhappy or ready for change, I would probably be initiating, for the most part, may, maybe a recruiter would, would you know, tap on me, but mainly I would be going after that, right? I would be doing things like looking in the paper and maybe right. also visiting a few, a few little online things that they would have at that time, but... Usually that was driven by, okay, I'm going to actually look for a job. Well, now I can be on Facebook, mm-hmm. right? I can just be minding my own business on Facebook, not, you know, pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And maybe I had a rough day or just, you know, tired of my boss or just not feeling it. Sure. And an ad might pop up that uh, an organization that I think highly of, like Women's Hospital, mm-hmm. is hiring a community relations you know, director, right. right? And I'm like, hmm, you know, so passive, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're active on LinkedIn easily, you'll be on LinkedIn and, and see things pop up and the conversations that happen. So there's just so much more access to information and jobs that people cannot be looking mm-hmm. and all of a sudden find themselves intrigued. So, you right. know, I'm going to shoot that over there and, you know, go, go, oh, you know, I wasn't even looking. Mm-hmm. Ability to be entrepreneurial, right? Mm-hmm. So many people start their own businesses. They want to be in charge of their destiny. They you know, go out there and do things their way. Yeah. And certainly there was disillusionment, right? I mean, that a lot of people saw their parents or grandparents laid off after, after giving a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you see people who, because of a lot of different reasons, want to do their careers their way. Yeah. And so we had this long period of low unemployment of late. And so that really created a dynamic where employers were saying, hey, we've got to make sure that we've got a pipeline for the future. We've got to make sure that our good people want to stay here. And we've got to make sure that we are doing the things related to investment in people, values. You know, what does it mean to work here? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of, of some of the ways that that we got here. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward because right. we're right in the middle of a, of a really, another really interesting time. Yeah. And, you know, I, kind of a good lead in, you know, probably 2016 and, and maybe even a little bit before that, I was really incorporating a lot of resilient leadership into the work that we did with our clients and with our leadership classes and our emerging leader classes. And one of the things I talk about, which you, you um, Jason, have you heard the mm-hmm. acronym VUCA, volatile, okay. uncertain, complex, and ambiguous? I like it. I have not. I heard it now, though. Give it to me. Vol- what is it? VUCA. Uh-huh. VUCA. It's an acronym V U C A. Okay. And so I started talking to people about the VUCA world or the VUCA business climate. Yeah. It's actually a, an acronym. Again, stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It was coined by, where a lot of good, uh, interesting acronyms are coined by the U.S. military post-Cold War. Mm-hmm. As they really tried to kind of capture and name 
the environment that they felt like they were trying to figure out how to serve and protect in. And basically what they said was, we do not recognize this environment. The things that we worked in the past will no longer work in the future. It is uncertain. It is complex. A plus B don't necessarily equal C or right. whatever you would right. say. Or yeah. one plus one don't necessarily right. equal two. And it's hard to predict the future based on past. Right. And... You know, like any good acronym, uh, military acronym. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty soon business starts saying, "Hey, us too. We're in the bu- we're in the boot of this." Right, world. right, right. And so, really, you know, talking um, and creating leadership development approach based on more agile and resilient leadership mm-hmm. necessary for a a time like this because. You know, when I'm talking about it, I'm trying to get people to think about it. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, think hurricanes, right? How that turns you yeah. know, on your head, right? And we weren't even at the part where, where we're talking about pandemic. Sure. But this was a the ultimate VUCA event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then here, yeah. you combine that with things like, you know, plunging you know, oil prices and things like that. Really right. It's havoc right. on things. And people are like, wow, okay. So building resilient leaders, mm-hmm. teams, and organizations to mm-hmm. compete an economy, right, in the, in the business world that is not going to get less VUCA, it's going to get more VUCA. Right. So yeah. what? how do you do that, right? Yeah. And so those are some of the things that we build into what we do now because we realize this. And, um, you know, I think this has been a real wake-up call for people. I always say that, you know, I'll start talking about things years in advance and then yeah. it'll happen and I'm like, mm, yeah, that's what kind of what I was talking about. <laughs> I told you so, so but yeah. Yeah, that's so I actually story. have a slide and a, a workshop I'm doing tomorrow and yeah. it's a, I was like, this is an actual slide from 2016 <laughs> where I say, where it says, you know, what are some trends that we need to look right. at? And one of the things is, prepare leaders for the VUCA world. Mm. And then I have a little note that said, not really, I wish, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I knew that people weren't getting that far ahead of it. Yeah. Right? They were just kind of scratching the surface with right. basics right. and they weren't really kind of doing that. Okay, what do we really mean here? You know, what yeah. does this look like? Right. Um, so anyway. I love that. No, I think it's interesting. I was reading um, a book called Anti-Fragile and very similar in the concept that there's a term for fragile which we all understand. And then if you were to ask what is the opposite of fragile, you get something like robust or you get something, but really it means at best it's unharmed, but it doesn't get better from volatile situations. And so that's, he came up with this term anti-fragile. There's a, there's a fragile, but robust doesn't really, what is it somebody who's actually so far ahead of it that they have the right plans, procedures, they're fluid, they've, they've gotten out in front of things that not only are they able to sustain volatility but can actually gain from it and um, very interesting I love the term VUCA I think that's I think it's awesome you know I'm curious you know I was reading through some of the history of, of the company and just even some of your recent success so you know and I'm going to rattle them off but oh LSU top 100 fastest growing business report most influential women you had the uh, LED CEO roundtable just to name a few things I can tell just listening to your understanding and clearly by the nature of your business, the importance of, of leadership and how to communicate that to others. I'm curious, your origin story, like like a, like a Marvel superhero, what is it that either attracted you to that or why did you find yourself where you enjoy that? What's the thing that drives you or maybe impacted you that kind of got you to that? Curious on that, if you ever had that question. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, I think there's a little bit of probably serendipity. I think, you know, my 
education is really mass calm, which makes a lot of sense. You know, mm-hmm. It's communication, it's marketing, yeah. but also economics, economics minor. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good com- combination of sort of interesting, you know, things and just probably yeah. the way I'm built, which mm-hmm. I don't know that you, you know, now there's a degree at LSU, right? A good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Gibbons, yep. um, teaches uh, leadership development. I go talk mm-hmm. to his classes. Yeah. But the truth was, there was no degree in this, right? Right, when, right. When I was in school. Mm-hmm. And now you can go get, uh, you know, master's or undergrad even, I think, in LRD, I think it's um, leadership yeah. and development right. stuff. Right, So I wish I had a really great story. I think I got passionate about people and their careers. And I, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, because, like I said, last two weeks, I've kind of gone back to my roots, mm-hmm. doing a couple of quick start to job search workshops and helping people do resumes, which is just, again, you know, I rarely do that stuff anymore, except mm-hmm. for friends, you know, I'll help, help friends out. But I think I fell in love at that point with helping people manage their careers at really challenging times. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense because really when i doing leadership development, you're either helping people get ready for something bigger or you're helping them tweak and fix things that are getting in their way. Yeah. And that's just understanding that person, understanding the playing field that they're trying to be successful on, helping them not just be good at what they do, but how they do it, which is the huge piece, right? Yeah. A lot of people go to what they do, being good at how you do that, right? right? Which is the values, the relationships, the, the approach, the critical thinking, that's mm-hmm. what, that's what makes a difference with people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. I just, you know, honestly, having, I took a break, right? I stayed home for about three and a half years yeah. um, when those triplets were born. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went back and I met, you know, this, this guy that was doing this work and he's like, can you write? And I was like, yeah, I can write. He said, I need yeah. somebody to help me sort of, you know, help people with resumes and help them with job search strategy. Yeah. And honestly, I was doing it part-time at first, but, that really was it. it. Was helping people with their careers, yeah. and I think that really just translated into helping people with their careers. Whether it's everything from I'm not working, yeah. I need to find a job, all the way to how can I be effective as a VP, right. or and how do I get myself out of trouble when I let the things I'm not good at get bigger than the things I am good at, right? So right. That, that's kind of, I don't know if that's a... No, I love you know, that. ...much of an origin story, but that I would just say, at the end of the day, somebody asked me, you know, yeah, it's about helping people do that. Ultimately, that translates to, to a really... I, I can't think of anything more interesting to do because yeah. I just believe that People's work and their careers are such a big part of them. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, there's our families, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a, a personal lives, and then there's work. Right. And to be able to work with people around such a big part of their lives, that really bumps up against everything else. Yeah. And also, I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, having three babies is a quite the unusual experience. But I also hopefully give me perspective on what what's the whole life piece. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too. You you have, you even started when you were talking about the beginning, how a transition in your career is so much even more than finding a new job. I mean, it's, it's really thinking on it on a bigger picture. It's, 
you know, you spend, I say this, I spend, I spend more time with my colleagues than I do with my own family. And so it, it is such an important that where you decide to go and how you do that, and then not only you as an individual comp- contributor to that company, but the organization contributing back to that, there's, there's all these different dynamics all that play together that you have to think at it from that perspective. And it's cool just to hear how you've told about where it started and just helping people with transitioning out of that and during a time where there was a lot of volatility and helping people with resumes to now where you're helping large-scale organizations think a bit of, of how the people, when people, you know, there's a phrase I heard, things are easy until people start bumping into each other, which is once you actually start to have human interactions when complexities come into place and helping people navigate those complexities is... Yeah, it is. You know, that's absolutely true. That's a challenging piece. And at the same time, it was great. I read something the other day. It was just a good reminder. You know, it's not that we haven't heard it before, but it's the only thing in business that's not reproducible is talent. Mm-hmm. So Well, I'm, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. So we're talking about the business, talking about where you are. I'm curious on on a personal level. I like to ask everybody this: What are some, maybe one or to three books? Because some people are like, I got like seven. I got to give you we'll cap it one to three books. But something if you were to say, hey, this is if you if you want to get some insight, it could be about anything. It could be whatever it is that really appeals to you. One to three books. What would you share those three? <sighs> but, I mean, I like probably offbeat things. I like outliers. I like leaders eat last. Yep. Um, I'm glad well. I like, gosh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to start with these things. I can't remember. Because I'm bad about starting things on my Kindle and then completely yeah. forgetting the names of them. <laughs> right. You know, around here, sometimes we go way, way back to basics. Yeah. You know, like, one-minute manager, right, for, sure. our, for our young, you know, emerging leaders and say, hey, this is a really good basic book. Is that Ken Blanchard? Am I getting that right? Maybe. <laughs> Between the two of us. Right, right. right. Details, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, that's a great uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes I like, you know, I, I tend to like the, the less the books that maybe take something really interesting, like without wires, you know, just that idea would set people apart. Yeah. And then Leaders Eat Last, I thought was really interesting from the standpoint of what do we, there's so much uncertainty in companies. You know, one of the reasons why we've got so much movement in and out of companies is because that relationship, that dynamic relationship kind mm-hmm. of hits some, some rocky roads. And if we keep our people unsettled and anxious and they're worried internally. They can't really give us everything. They can't be creative. They can't really give their all to work because they're always looking over, over their shoulder. Yeah. And that's why leadership is so important. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on that. I'm curious. So we got we've got a few books. What about if you had a billboard, put anything on the billboard? Be an inspiration to whatever what would you have written on that billboard? Uh, I'll probably say a lot things that are probably more interesting. But something I said a little bit earlier and I say a lot is, you know, when I'm trying to talk to people about being successful and I just say it's the what and the how, right? Mm-hmm. And I would probably have the word said it's the what and the how and the how is the big piece. Yeah. And I'll often say, look, you know, I'll have a table full of 
a room full of leaders, emerging leaders, and I'm like, be good at what you do. It's green. It's the green speed. Yeah. I expect you to be good at what you do. Right. Right. It's price of admission. Yeah. In this experience, right, leadership development is all the Again, it's about being good at how you do it. Right. And I think what that does is it translates to big organization because every individual leader on your team is answering that question for the organization. So when I say, why would anybody want to work for you, Jason, mm-hmm. or for me, Devin? Yeah. Every leader on that team is answering that question for the organization. So collectively, they answer the question, why would any why would anyone want to work for or with enterprise? Sure. Right? And I say for or with, that means for you, mm-hmm. with you, yeah. right? Which is maybe the people who work alongside of you on the team, but also your customers. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I think has really come out of this really uh, interesting COVID-19 time is that what we're seeing is how important that how is, how important the values are. Mm-hmm. And that companies have those values listed on their website Right, and they've really had an opportunity to show those values during this time, and what they do and what they haven't done. Sure, you know, not just COVID nineteen, but all the other unrest that we're seeing around yeah. equity and uh, disparities and race and, and, and things like that. Yeah. So it's a really interesting time mm-hmm. that I think employees and companies will come out of. Well, I, I've been calling COVID-19 the accelerator. It's going to get you where you're going really fast. Right. You were already heading in a certain direction. It's just pushing you there quicker. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and that'll be good or right. bad exactly. or, or whatever, whatever, however it turns out. So, right. Um, it's, been, it's a real opportunity. Yeah. I think for people mm-hmm. and for organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's... Um, I think you're right. I like the the how aspect because I think a lot of times we get into you talk about company values, right? You can have a company value, but then how do you actually execute those company values? How does it show up in your organization? How do you actually do the things that you say are important? Just like the idea of like Enron had as one of their company values, honesty and integrity <laughs> written on their wall. But how does it actually come out in the execution of your organization? And that's where it can become a whole different story. And what are you willing to give up right, to live those values? Exactly. And that's where some people can't make that, that leap. Yep. Um, all right. So we'll, have, so we'll have some fun closing questions. Rapid fire. Gosh, okay. No, we don't have to go rapid fire. No, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go rapid fire. A few quick fun questions here. So, for those on a budget, okay, for what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in this last six months? And it can be fun, it can be silly, it can be serious, it can be whatever, but it's on, for those on a budget. Um, okay, I'm going to say maybe tennis shoes. I've walked okay. a lot, so yeah. it's really interesting. Because everything was just stopped, right? And yeah. now things are coming back and we're scheduling things. But what happened right away was everything we were in the middle of doing, classes we had going, you know, some things we were able to continue, like coaching, things we yeah. could do online. But a lot of things just did stop. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself quite a few days in the office with shorts and a T-shirt <laughs> and a hat on and used the time to work on things we hadn't, that I don't always have a chance to work on yep. because we're busy a lot of the time. And there's no time to stop. And... One of the things I did was, you know, be casual every day, and the office happens to bump up against pretty good walking neighborhoods. 
And so every day I'd take off sometimes multiple times a day and I'd go walk. Yeah. And so I would say, I might have spent more than a hundred dollars on it, but I would just say I used the hell yeah. out of my tennis shoes and just taking walks and it was time to think and it was yeah. time just we had gorgeous weather when yeah. this first happened. And I think that that may be a TRX, which I think you can get for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Because I had to go from two gyms to working out at home. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. I, we had me and my wife. We were sitting on 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 our little front porch, and we said we've seen more people than we had. No, we had like how many, there's a lot of people who actually live in this neighborhood. They're all yeah. at their house most of the time. But um, we got to meet a lot of new neighbors and <laughs> from and there going are many on walks. Children that now will know how to ride a bike. Right. I have not known how to ride a bike for years because I think some kids actually got their training wheels off. <laughs> parents were home to teach them how to ride so right. uh, some good things have come, come to right? exactly right i love it all right so last last question for for all the locals what's the best place to grab a cup of joe best business lunch and your favorite dinner spot to a lot of meetings at cc's but also really dig a granita from garden district um, best lunch spot I'm always like, where would you like to go to lunch? I'm always asking clients where they would like to go to lunch. <laughs> right. When I when I grab something like what's probably you know run over to Bistro Byron's, which is yep. right around the corner from our office, yep. um, that's a, a, a good place to, to yeah, I love grab that. And then dinner, I would say um, Friday night sushi, uh, but also some of my faves close close to here, which is also close to my house, would be Nino's and Roberto's. Great places to have. Absolutely, dinner. I have to ask because my wife is a, a crazy sushi fan. What's the spot if you had to pick where you're getting your sushi from? Um, so a lot of good choices. A lot of good choices and a lot close to here. So yeah. usually you just you know either grab uh, Ichiban or Sushiyama. Okay. Like the mango tango roll at Ichiban is a favorite right now. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I love it. we are. Um, we spend too much time at Ichiban's, <laughs> yeah. where uh, I think they know our order and stuff. We, we're like, we got to pull yeah. back. Yeah, we're at that spot, too, where they like got to, because we've been picking up food, right, a, a lot more. And so you just call, and they have your order with your name. Yeah. Like, Do you like the same thing? That's yeah. Like the same thing. So that, that's, uh, that's good. But yeah, try the Mango Tango for something different. You know, mango Tango is on the list. We haven't done it yet. Devin, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you again for the time, for sharing your stories. And I think everybody's going to get a, a ton from it. I certainly did. And uh, so thanks again. Oh, thank you for having me, Jason. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did making it. Give us a like. Give us a share. Give us a subscribe. Give us a comment. Tell us, let us know what you think. Hope you enjoyed it. What else do you want to hear? What are some things that we can be asking? Hope it's providing value to you. We appreciate the listen and I hope you have a great day. Thanks, y'all.